I gotta be honest with you guys, I really, really was starting to bind in the Knicks until that happened against the Heat yesterday. I mean, that was to watch that turnaround from the first half to the second half. It looked good for a while, though. Complete control of that game. Jimmy Butler ain't healthy. You guys might be all right, though. Yeah, and uh, Julius Randle's going to be back. Maybe. Oh, is that for sure? At some point, he'll be back. He's shooting. Yeah, him and Jalen Brunson, both questionable, though. I mean, that's going to be really tough for them to win a series if you don't have Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle not 100%. Like, nobody's totally 100% this time of year, but yeah. if they're missing games and they're questionable, before, it's going to be that much tougher. Yeah, like more uh, R.J. Barrett, not necessarily a good thing when we get to the playoffs. I actually think R.J. Barrett is a really bad matchup for the Heat, though. I want to get Ian's thoughts on that, mm-hmm. too, because I think that's the one key player that needs to play well because the other guys on the Heat outside of Jimmy Butler just are pretty small. Yeah, are we bring on Ian Begley now, SNY New York. Let, let, let's start with this Knicks series in the Heat in game one in the first half to the second half. What happened? I, the, the Knicks looked like a team in complete control, riding the momentum of that five-game series win over the Cavs, and then Miami just took over in the second half, even with Jimmy Butler hurt. Yeah, I think what happened was Miami, you saw them defensively really concentrate on the interior, pack the paint, they were leaving shooters on the weak side of the floor, and the Knicks had open shots, got open looks from beyond the arc, and just didn't hit. And then you saw, obviously, later in the game, after Jimmy Butler hurts his ankle, stays in the game, Knicks unable to take advantage of a hobbled Butler, didn't really go at Butler uh, when Butler was on defense. And, and I think those are, those are two big elements as to why the Knicks lost that game. Yeah, I've always been a big Tibbs fan, uh, you know, being from Chicago, but I just didn't really understand why they didn't take advantage when Jimmy was clearly hobbled. Mm -hmm. So do you think that's maybe something they look to do here in game two? And why didn't Tibbs take advantage? You know, did he say anything about that after the game? He was asked about it. He said, you know, they tried to put him in situations, but he's a good player. Uh, Jalen Brunson said it's, it's a little tricky, but we do have to have a better awareness at the end of games in terms of what's going on. So that was Jalen kind of acknowledging it. And it seemed just like a missed opportunity. Nobody uh, came out and ripped themselves or ripped the coach afterward. But you could tell just by what Brunson said that they had it on their mind after the game. Julius Randle against the Heat has been really good, Um, obviously dealing with that ankle injury. You think he plays game two? And and how effective do you think uh, he can be? I think if he's, you know, he's not going to be 100%, right? But I think if he's anywhere close, he'll get on the floor. And I say that because, you know, Nick coaches, even coming into this series before we knew about his status in game one, they had talked about how he was pivotal in this Heat series for for what you mentioned, but also just the idea that you have to occupy him, uh, you know, both ends of the floor. And he really just, you know, he wears on you if you're defending him over the course of 48 minutes in a way that the other Knicks do not. So the Knicks missed him, I thought. And I think that he will, if I had to guess, he comes back tomorrow less than 100%, gives the Knicks what he has, and makes a difference just by being out there. Yeah, I mean, this Knicks team, if, if you've got Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle hobbled throughout this series, for, for them to win it, even Miami being an eight seed, I don't care. I mean, they've looked uh, certainly better than an eight seed. Who, who else has to kind of take over for this team? Would that be more of a, a Josh Hart situation or R.J. Barrett? You know, you need those guys to hit shots. Whoever has an open look, and Josh Hart had some open looks beyond New York, you need those those to go down at a better rate than seven for 34, which is what I think the Knicks were in game one. R.J. Barrett, he had, he had a fantastic first half. He was really good. Mm-hmm. They had Gabe Vincent guarding him. 
to start off, and he was just able to take advantage. And, you know, late in the game, he had turnovers. He saw some things on tape, he said, today that he can correct. Uh, he could play better late in the game. So if the Knicks can knock a few shots down that they missed on Sunday, I thought they had some makeable ones that they missed. And if they can figure out how to get Jalen Brunson either going in a way that allows him to find the weak side of the floor because of the Heat's attention that, that they're paying to him or allows him to get himself going uh, from a shooter, shooting perspective, I think they'll be okay. But it's uh, it's shaky ground right now for the Knicks when you lose game one at home. Yeah, going into the series, who did you predict or who did you think was going to win? And did that change? You know, because you look at it yesterday, and obviously Jimmy's hobbled. But again, like Gabe Vincent, I, I thought – there's no chance that these real players are going to do what they did against the Bucks. And then yesterday, again, Gabe Vincent has 20 points. Kyle Lowry's got 18 off the bench. So, you know, are you kind of sticking with your original prediction or did your uh, maybe did your mind change after what you saw yesterday? Hey, you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. I had the Cavs last round. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Cleveland was just better than the Knicks um, from a top-down top perspective, but more so at the top. It turns out the Knicks' depth won the day. Uh, among other reasons why the Knicks got another series. So I came into this series thinking, all right, Miami down several players, uh, leaning on guys that haven't played that much in, in a couple instances in this series. And so the Knicks are deep. The Knicks are defending well. They're going to win this series. And I still think they should win. They shouldn't lose four games in a seven-game series to the Heat. This, this Heat team is – obviously they fight, but the Knicks have the depth to get the job done. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to Randall's ankle and Butler's ankle. That's a wild card. But if they're healthy and if they could play, I think the Knicks should win this series. I think it would be a disappointment if they did not. You mentioned the depth on this Knicks team. You know, that's that's basically a, a, a result of not trading for Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have those players that you probably would have had to let go of in that trade. Uh, what's the sense around the Knicks organization now that they, you know, didn't pull the trigger, do beat the Cavs, who do have Donovan Mitchell? Was that like a bellwether moment for, oh, well, we made the right decision here? No one's going to come out and say it, but I don't I don't see uh, a clear indication that vindicates your decision than to beat that team in the first round and to have Donovan Mitchell you know, not shoot it well for most of the series and, and struggle with your, your, your defense and the way you defended them. Yeah, I think that's, that's a huge validation for the move. I, I, but I look at it in, in a big-picture sense, like let's see what happens two, three years down the road from that trade and from that decision. But certainly uh, one year into it, you couldn't have scripted it any better if you were Leon Rose, William Wesley, Scott Perry, Brock Aller, and, and all, everyone involved in the decision-making because it, it really – couldn't have worked out better as you see how things played out now look everyone's happy that the Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs but I'll say it again this Heat team is vulnerable and it's a team the Knicks should beat and so I think if they struggle this series assuming they don't have injuries as an excuse it's going to leave a little bit of a bitter taste uh, in everybody's mouth here if they can't get through this Miami team yeah and when you look at this roster Ian I mean I mean Look, the, the East feels as wide open as the West once felt, especially with the Bucks out now. Is this team, if they're fully healthy or at least close to it, is this a team that could come out of the East? Could they get through the Celtics? You know, they played Boston well in the regular season. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, 
I'm still shocked, honestly, and I probably had a, a bad read on that because I'm shocked that they won 47 games, <laughs> and I'm I'm still stunned that they're they're sitting here where they are. But you know, clearly they found something that worked. They went from a, a solid team to a really good team after the Josh Hart trade. Uh, so I don't want to discount or dismiss anything they've done to this point. But I, I would have a hard time seeing them get through a Boston or a Philly if Joel Embiid is healthy in that conference final. What adjustments do you want to see in the next game, like as far as the rotations? Because you just brought it up. I mean, Josh Hart's been great. He played 43 minutes. He couldn't hit a three to save his life, but he played pretty well defensively against Jimmy. But do you think that's maybe more minutes for Grimes because he only played 10 minutes even though he's healthy? Yeah, I think that might be a way they go, and it's going to be interesting to see how you just need more shooting on the floor, right, period. So Grimes gives you that. Um, you, you don't want to lose much defensively. The thing that I wonder, though, is if they have a, an idea that Jimmy Butler is, you know, 80% of himself and he's going to play, you probably don't need Josh Hart, like, to match his minutes with Jimmy Butler if he's, you know, at that percentage where he's limited. So – I wonder how that factors in, too, to the Hart minutes, to the Grimes minutes. Grimes, who also, we should say, spent time defending Donovan Mitchell in that first series yeah. and, and did a pretty good job. So, yeah, the Knicks, they just need to make shots. I mean, it, I don't want to say it's as simple as that because it isn't, but if they knock down a few threes, open looks that they had on Sunday, you know, we're having a different conversation. If they don't go 12 for 20, from the free throw line, I think we're having a different conversation as well. And, you know, Emmanuel quickly is one of the better shooters on this team, especially from deep. We saw him, you know, he could have won probably six man of the year. He looked all out of sorts uh, yesterday. Like, what is Tibbs and, and what are they saying to him in terms of just kind of getting him more steadied and ready to go? Yeah, I think with Tom Thibodeau, he leans on the body of work with Emmanuel quickly, and he's seen what he what he's done this year in particular, and I think he remains confident that quickly will find it. Uh, I think Sunday was just – some of it was a case of Kyle Lowry, a veteran player, uh, knowing how to take advantage of maybe a player that doesn't have that kind of playoff experience, and I think that's partially what you saw. And quickly – with the Heat, he's not able to do what he was able to do so often in the regular season when he gets into the paint and you know creates an opening for either himself or his teammates. When Miami packs the paint the way they did, that's not really there. So it's just about quickly and others, again, knocking down those perimeter shots. I don't want to be a broken record, but I think the way the Heat approached that second half, the Knicks should have those, those looks again, those shots, and they haven't been a good three-point shooting team, but you're getting open looks. You should knock them down. Even if, you know, you're these guys with this pedigree, you got to knock these shots down at home. Yeah, Nick's six-and-a-half-point favorites at home tomorrow night for game two. Ooh, Ian Begley, SNY, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, man. Thanks, Ian. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Yeah, I, I just – this really may be one of those series where it just comes down to who's healthier. I know uh, what the Knicks need. It, it might, what's that? More D-Rose.